last summer, um, about 10 months ago, I, I, I took my family to, um, to Africa, and we were there for, for Keegan and Amy's wedding in Zimbabwe, and we went to a few other countries that are surrounding that area, and one of the things that we did was we went on safari, and, um, you know, with a pregnant wife and a three-year-old at the time and a six-year-old or seven-year-old, it, it seemed like the most responsible thing to do. So, <laughs> six-year-old. Um, and, uh, and so we went on safari, and I've been on safaris before. Usually when we take teams over to Africa, we'll go on safari and, and, uh, and spend some time just seeing all the animals, and it's, it's amazing to go if you ever get a chance to go. It's, it's the most incredible experience. But we, um, we went to this camp that was there, and um, we were the only guests that were there. So um, we, we didn't see other people besides those that were there to bless us for the entire time that we were there. And so we, we saw every animal that you could ever imagine, eating breakfast and having, you know, a dozen elephants within, like, five feet of you because that seemed responsible too. Um, and uh, after seeing all these animals and everything, we, we were coming down to our last couple days, and um, there was this huge tree that had been struck by lightning, and it, it was amazing looking. It was just it had fallen down, and the roots were all crazy. And um, I said, we should get a family picture in front of that tree. And so we planned it and, you know, dressed up in our finest REI supermodel clothes. And, and we got in front of our, our tree. And the guy that, that was driving us, our safari guy, took this huge rifle with him. And I kind of thought, like, all right, you want to take the rifle? You feel cool taking the rifle? Take the rifle. We're like, I don't know, 100 and some yards from our camp, from our tent. So I felt like, okay, you can take the rifle. That's nice you took the rifle. And he's taking pictures. He's got his rifle on him. He's taking pictures, and we're posing, and we're doing our thing, and we get some good pictures. And he's like, all right, let's go. Let's go see the animals. And so we get into the, into the vehicle, and we drive about, I don't know, 100 feet, and there's four lions walking towards us. And it kind of scared us a little bit because we were just right there on the ground. I mean, doesn't take a lion very far to go 100-some feet. Um, and so we, uh, our guy said, these, these lions, they're, they're hunting. They're hungry. They're, they're hunting right now. And so he says, let's watch them. So for two and a half hours, we watched these things. Four lions, incredible, just watching them. One goes, you know couple hundred yards this way, another one goes a couple hundred yards another way, another one circles around on the far side. There's three lionesses, one male lion. The male lion goes up on the hill and just watches. And we're watching them, and they're going through the brush, and you can just see their back and maybe their head a little bit. And, and they'll look up at each other, and then they keep going and going another direction. And two and a half hours of watching this take place. And... You see one of them going around to the zebra, a bunch of zebra that are on the far side. And then all of a sudden, it, it's going down. They found the zebra that they want to eat. 
they're chasing the zebra. The zebra runs. We're watching the zebra running, and it, it runs about, I don't know, maybe maybe four feet from our, our car. And the, the, there's lions that are chasing it, and, you know, it's running. And, it, 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 and then the male lion starts cranking down the hill like a freight train, grabs the zebra by the neck, flips it over, it lands, and they're eating it. I mean, they're just pounce on this thing. They're eating it, and it's like happy, and it goes raising its head, you know, and Tasha's like, you guys don't need to watch this, you know. Jonathan, Natalie, you guys don't need to watch this, and I'm like, no, you do. <laughs> You're going to watch this, because you will never, ever see something like this ever again. Like, for as long as you live, you'll never see something like this. I mean, it was incredible. I've been on so many safaris. I've never seen anything. I've never seen a kill, much less anything like this. And it, and we're, we're watching this take place. And the male lion, after a little while, decides, like, none of the rest of you guys are going to eat any more food. And so he gets mad and, you know, chases away. The lionesses, they're mad. There's blood everywhere. You can smell the blood. It's crazy. We're watching this from, I don't know, 20 feet away. And now the lionesses are just irate that, you know, the lion wouldn't let them eat anymore. And so they, they blood drip in, come, and they're, like, within, like, four feet of our vehicle. And, and we have no doors and we have no windows. And we're sitting in the back of this vehicle. The driver has doors. He has windows. He has a gun. We don't. We're sitting there. And, and he's saying, I, I go, hey, man, like... Like, my wife's sitting right there, and there's, like, a lion that's, like, just a couple feet away, and it's mad. He's like, the lion doesn't see her. It just sees the vehicle. And I thought, I watched these things for two and a half hours. These are the smartest animals I have ever seen. Don't tell me that they don't see my pregnant wife sitting right here. Like, they're still hungry, and she's the closest thing that looks yummy. And so we're, we're watching this. We're seeing the whole thing. I'm like, hey, dude, we're good. I mean, I, I got to a point of, like, now I'm, like, incredibly irresponsible if I stay right here. And he's like, no, this is the best. I've been doing this for 20-some years. This is the best I've ever seen. You know, we got to stay and watch. And I'm like, hey, dude, we're good. Let's go. Let's go back to the camp. It's been two and a half hours. We've seen enough. And, um, and so we went back to the camp. And um, just so happens, I, there was an American lady that was killed by a lion this last week where she just had a window rolled down, and the thing came in and grabbed her, and it was horrible. I read all about it, and then I started watching videos of lions, like, opening doors with their mouth, the handle. And I'm like, yeah, you didn't see us. He doesn't see us at all in that vehicle, you know? Um, and so we, we saw this, and, and I think of being in a place, like, where so much of Scripture takes place, whether it be... Egypt or Israel or that whole Mediterranean area. And in being in a place where you're a shepherd, there's lions, there's wolves, there's all kinds of other animals that are around. And one thing for certain, in all of our time in, in Africa on safari, I've never seen a sheep. Not once have I ever seen a sheep. Why? Because they have no chance of survival without a shepherd. There's no chance of survival for a sheep. There's one man that said his greatest 
evidence that, that evolution is not true is the fact that sheep still exist. They, they have no ability to protect themselves. They have no ability to do anything. They're, there's, there's levels of animals that are not very smart. They are like at the highest level of not being very smart. They, they will run. If there's a fire, they'll run right into the flames. They, they, they've been known to do things like that. If they get cast on their back, they have no ability to get themselves back onto their feet again. They have no ability to find food on their own. They will go and eat in the same area, following the same paths, even though there's green pastures that are just on the other side. They'll drink the nastiest water, even though there's clean water not very far away. Sheep are animals that are totally and completely dependent upon a shepherd. And yet what you find in Scripture is that God describes us as sheep all the time. I mean, from the very beginning, he describes us as sheep. He describes himself as the shepherd. He made sheep the way that they are so that we would be able to see that we are a totally and completely dependent people. Nobody's afraid of a sheep. Well, I shouldn't say that. We were in New Zealand on our honeymoon, and we were walking down a path, and there was this sheep that, that came towards us. And my, my wife went into a pan. I mean, it, in all fairness, it was like sheepzilla. It, it, it sat like, you know, three and a half feet high. It had not been chewed, shod, whatever, shaved. It, it had not happened ever, I don't think. It, it had nastiness branches sticking out of it, and it... It was a frightening looking animal. It was a sheep without a shepherd. And, and it, it, it comes down the path and talks like, ah, you know, and I'm like, it's a sheep. It's biblical. It can't hurt us. It's, we're good. You know, like, let's keep going. But it was, if ever there was a frightening looking sheep, this was one of them. But typically nobody's afraid of sheep. They can't bite you. They're not going to, they, they can't do anything. They're just totally and completely dependent upon a shepherd. And we're coming into a section of scripture that describes God as our shepherd, and we as his sheep. In John chapter 10, beginning in verse 1, it begins by saying, Most assuredly I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep do not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal, to steal and to kill and to destroy I have come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. 
We're just starting in, in John chapter 10 to look at this picture of who Christ is to us, the sheep. But it's, it's incredible when you look at the text before us. We find in Scripture passages that say things like, For he is our God and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Um, Psalm 95 verse 7 or, or Isaiah 53 6 says, We all like sheep have gone astray and have turned everyone to his own way and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. We find in Matthew 9.36 where Jesus is looking at the multitudes and he's moved with compassion for them because they're weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. And so we see this picture over and over again. He is our shepherd, we are the sheep. And then in John 10, he says, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. Now, remind, I want to remind you of what we just studied. Because the context of where we're coming in John chapter 10 comes just following John chapter 9. In John chapter 9, we find the man that was born blind. And he was blind from birth. And, and the disciples are coming who, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind. And we find Jesus' response. And we see that, that the Pharisees and the, the, the religious leaders find out that Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. And they're irate about it, even though the man who was born blind, has been made able to see. And there's proof that's there over and over again as far as that he has been made able to see. And yet, they're saying that, that Jesus is not from God. And the blind man saying, how can he not be from God? He, you know, I once was blind, but now I see. And we, we have this picture there of this, this, all these things taking place. And they're upset that Jesus has healed this man. And they're saying, are we blind also? And, and, Jesus affirms that um, they think that they have everything together. They think that they see, but Jesus says at the end of chapter 9, therefore, your sin remains. You're still blind. You're still there. You're still in a place. You're the religious leaders, but you're so far from God. And then he comes and says, most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. Jesus is saying, I am the Messiah. I am the one that, that has been prophesied of for thousands of years. You religious leaders are not. You guys are false shepherds. You, you guys are coming in and you're trying to enter in another way. You're trying to make it so that you can please God and appease him in some way other than the proper door. In some way other than through the Messiah who would come. You are those that are the thief and the robber trying to come in another way. Um, Jesus warns about false shepherds all throughout scripture. We, we, we find in Ezekiel 34 where, where there's these false shepherds in Israel. And, and God says to, to these shepherds... Woe to you. I mean, over and over again. Woe to you, shepherds. You, you feed yourselves. But you don't feed the flocks. Woe to you. And so he's speaking in, in Ezekiel 34 to these false shepherds saying, Woe to you. You only take care of yourselves. You... You haven't gone to the weak and strengthened them. You, 
You haven't gone to the sick and healed them. You haven't bound up the broken. You haven't brought back what was driven away. You haven't sought after those that were lost. But with force and with cruelty, you've ruled them. And that just describes the Pharisees as well. You don't, you don't go after the blind man. You just said, there's who sinned. You, you, you cast them out of the synagogue. You're so cruel to everybody that's around you. And you've ruled them with cruelty. They were scattered and there was no shepherd. They became food for the beasts of the field when they were scattered. God says, my sheep wandered through all the mountains and on every high hill. Yes, my flock was scattered over the whole face of the earth. And no one was seeking or searching for them. In Ezekiel 34, he comes down to, in, in verse 11, and he, I'll close with this, this verse here for the section. And he says, for, for thus says the Lord God, indeed, I myself will search for my sheep and seek them out. I'm going to go after them. You guys have been false shepherds. You guys have been cruel towards the sheep. You guys have driven them away. They've scattered. You never went after them. You never went to help them. And now I'm going to search for my sheep and I'm going to seek them out. You're a false shepherd. I'm the true shepherd. And we find that taking place when we see Christ here in John chapter 10. You see warnings that are going out to the, the Pharisees and the scribes where, where in, in, in Matthew 23, Jesus says, but woe to you, scribes and Pharisees. You're hypocrites. You, you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men, for you neither go in yourselves nor do you allow those who are entering to go in. You, you devour widows' houses. You, you will receive greater condemnation. You're, you're blind guides. You strain out a gnat and you swallow a camel. He tells these people, you're like whitewashed tombs. You, you appear beautiful on the outside, but inside you're full of dead men's bones. He says, you're serpents, you're brood of vipers. How will you escape the condemnation of hell? How are you going to escape the condemnation of hell? And so there's these warnings that go out to these, these false shepherds. And yet we find with, with Christ something radically different. Christ is a true shepherd. Christ is a good shepherd. We see that he tells us in, in Isaiah 40, Behold, the Lord God shall come with a strong hand. He's going to come with a strong hand. It goes on and he says, He'll feed his flock like a shepherd. He'll gather the lambs with his arms and carry them in his bosom. And he'll gently lead those who are with young. I'm a shepherd with a strong hand. And I'm going to feed my flock. I'm going to take care of them. I'm going to, I'm going to gather the lambs with my arms. I'm just going to hold them. I'm going to gently lead those that are with young. It's a picture of God towards us, his people. It goes from there to say, who's measured the waters in the hollow of his hand or measured heaven with the span and calculated the dust of the earth in a measure and weighed the mountains and scales and the hills and the bounds. It just goes on to just talk about his brilliance. And yet, with all the power of God, he says, I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna be so gentle with you and I'm gonna lead you and I'm gonna care for you. I'm gonna be a good shepherd that goes after my sheep and cares for them. 
In verse 2 of John chapter 10, it says, But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. And so Christ came. He fulfilled all the Messianic prophecies throughout, found throughout Scripture, and he is the one who enters by the door. He's the shepherd of the sheep. In verse 3, it goes on to say, To him the doorkeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. The, there's these pictures in Scripture that bring me to a place of just praising our God. You, you look at your life and, and you think of the way in which you lived, the, the, the sin in which you had just covering you. Um, every person here has a different testimony. There, there may be some here this morning who aren't yet believers. But you look at the course of your life and you see sin. Um, for us who are believers here, we look at our, our life and we see sin. We see gross sin. We see places where, in, in which we've gone and wandered so far from God. And to think that God says, I'm your shepherd. And my sheep, they hear my voice. They hear it. And... I call them by, by name. My sheep, they hear my voice, they know it. I call them by name. God's done that for every person here who trusts in Christ for their salvation. May there be no uncertainty about it. For you who are a believer here this morning, you are a believer because a sovereign God who rules the entire universe called you unto himself. Whatever your circumstances that you were in, whatever it was that brought you to the place of hearing God's word or hearing the gospel through a sermon or through a crusade or through a grandma or through a grandpa or through a mom or a dad or a friend, whatever the circumstances were, God orchestrated events to bring you to a place where you would hear the gospel and your heart would be prepared and the Holy Spirit in his sweetness would draw you unto himself. And he says, my sheep, they hear my voice. And I call them by name. You maybe never heard an audible voice as far as thus saith the Lord, you know, Chris, come unto me. But he called you by name. He knew you specifically. He went after you specifically. He brought you unto himself. Holy Spirit in his sweetness had it to be where your heart was softened, your eyes were open. All the glory goes to him for our salvation, doesn't it? So you look at a passage like this, and it's just, I love it. I, I, when I think of me like a sheep just wandering around and having God come and say, hear me. This, these critical times in my life where it's possible to go in any number of directions. And, to yet, and yet to have the sweetness of my shepherd call me unto himself. And then it tells us, not only does he call, he calls his own sheep by name, but he, he leads them out. Picture a shepherd there, and, and 
he's there and all the sheep are there and he calls his sheep and they hear his voice. They know his voice. And they just come to him. We're not going to go to another shepherd. We're going to go to our shepherd. When we hear our shepherd call us, we're going to hear him. And, and not only that, but he knows their name. And he calls us. He leads us out of the circumstances that we were in in a direction of spending eternity apart from him. And he leads us out unto himself. Verse 4 says, And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. He goes out, and they follow him. They hear his voice, they know his voice, and they follow him. I know that it's possible for Christians to fall into to sin. I know by personal um, sin that I have, as well as being a Christian for long enough to know that none of us are perfect, are we? And yet, God leaves the 99, he goes and he'll get the one that's astray, and he brings us back to him. Um, you, you'll hear people say things like, well, I was saved when I was six, and then I backslid, and I came back when I was 35. And I, I'm thinking, you're probably not saved when you're six. I'm thinking, we can wander away, but if you're at a place of you're wandering, you're going after all the stuff of the world, and, you, and, and there is no discipline, there is no calling, there is no shepherd coming after you saying, come back, come back. You, you have to begin to ask the question, am I saved? Am I one of his sheep? Because the Christian hears the voice of God and says, what am I doing? Why am I living like this? I need to repent. I want to come back to him. N- none of us are okay with just, you know, I'm going to continue to, to live in sin and live in sin and live in sin. There's no repentance. There's no desire to change. There's no desire to follow him. Jesus is saying here, I'm the good shepherd. My sheep, they hear my voice. I lead them out. I call them my name. I lead them out. They follow me. I go before them and they follow me. They know my voice. They hear it and they know it. And so if you are in circumstances in which you're wandering far, far from God and there has been no desire to come back, may this morning be a time where God speaks to your heart to say, Call upon him and be saved this morning. Or if you're wandering away and you are being incredibly convicted because you just, you're living just like the world and this morning you're being convicted, then be of good cheer because the Holy Spirit is drawing you back unto himself. The shepherd is bringing you back to the pen. The shepherd is leading you to still waters and to green pastures. And my exhortation to you this morning would be follow him. Repent, follow him. God says here in John 10, 5, yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know, it, know the voice of strangers. God's talking about his sheep here, and it says they won't follow a stranger. In Jude chapter 1, in Jude 1, verse 4, it says, For Certain men have crept in unnoticed, who long ago were marked out for this condemnation, ungodly men who turn the grace of our God into lewdness and deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. There's, there's those that 
that, that come in and they're, they're marked out for condemnation. They're ungodly men. And yet, what we find is those that are false shepherds, God says, my sheep, they know there's something wrong with that. I can look around this room and I see people that have come out of being Christian science or Jehovah's Witness or Mormons. They've come out of, of being led away by false shepherds and God called them. They heard his voice. They knew there's something not right with this. There's something wrong. Um, those that are false shepherds, says in Jude verse 11, woe to them. Woe to them. I mean, you, you see some of the strongest um, words placed upon those that are false shepherds. He says in Jude, they, they're clouds without water. They're carried about by the winds, late autumn trees without fruit, twice dead, pulled up by the roots, raging waves of the sea, foaming up their own shame, wandering stars for whom is reserved the blackest darkness forever. That's where that phrase is used. The blackest darkness forever. Those that are, that are false shepherds that are leading people astray. What's reserved for them is condemnation. What's reserved for them is the blackest darkness forever. But God says, my sheep, they're not going to follow a stranger. They're going to flee from him. They do not know the voice of strangers. Verse 6 says, Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. He used this illustration, but the disciples are like... Yeah, we're not really following you right now. We don't get exactly what you're saying. And so Jesus goes on, says to them again, makes it more clear. Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. And whoever came before me are thieves and robbers. But the door, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. I will go in and out, and, and will go in and out and find pasture. Um, what does he mean by I'm the door? Picture these sheep. They're all out in the field, wandering around. There's all these sheep. They know their shepherd, but they have no ability to defend themselves. What the shepherd will do is he'll build, build a, a, a pen out there in the, in the pasture. He'll take rocks, build it to where it's several feet high, even 10 feet high, 12 feet high. And this is the area that they will go in at night, and he'll put all of the sheep there in, the, in this, this pen and, and keeps the wild animals from coming in, keeps the, the, the thieves and the robbers from coming and stealing the sheep. But what a shepherd would do is would build this and once all the sheep have come in, once he's checked them all, make sure they're all good, they're all healthy, there's no problems, they've all come in, knows them all by name. The shepherd will take his staff and he'll lay down right there in the door. And there's no sheep that come out without going over him. There's no wild animals that come in without going over him. And he's the door. The shepherd is the door. The shepherd is there to be the one that is right there in that doorway to keep the sheep safe and to protect them. 
And Jesus in our passage here says, I am that door. I am the door. You're my sheep. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. He'll go in and out and find pasture. He will be taken care of. I'm the door. That's our God. Isn't that radical? God's saying, I'm the door. You want to go someplace to be safe? There's only one door. I'm the door. We find in John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I'm the door. I'm the one that you, you call. I call you. You hear my voice. You come in. I know your name. You come into the pen and I am there and I will protect you and I will lead you to the green pastures. I will provide for you. I'll make sure that you're safe at night. I'll make sure that no one ever touches you. I'll leave the 99. I'll go get you when you get to go astray and I will come back and bring you back to where you're safe. I'm the good shepherd. I'm going to care for you. You have no ability to do any of it on your own. You have no ability to protect yourself. You have no ability to do any of that, and yet I'm the door. If you've ever been in a wilderness situation where you have felt vulnerable, um, it sure is nice to get back into the car, isn't it? It sure is nice to get into a building. There was a time where we went up to Yosemite and we're setting up our camper there, a little truck camper. And Tasha says to me, do you think we'll see any bears up here? I said, no, sweetie, we're good. She gets out and she's on one side of the camper. I'm on the other side of the camper. We couldn't have been out more than 30 seconds. And this bear comes just booking by her full speed right next to my wife. And I mean, and I'm not exaggerating. I mean, she said she felt it. It came right past her, and it, it ran up this tree. Like, I mean, that's my go-to. If, if I, before, it was my go-to. I thought, if I ever get chased by a bear, I'm coming a tree. No way. I'm just going to curl up on a ball and pray, because there's no chance. This tree, this, this tree was gigantic, and this bear sprinted up the tree. Like, it was just boom, boom, boom. I mean, it got to the top of the tree in just a couple seconds, and I just thought, like, yeah, that's just curl up in a ball. <laughs> Glad you're not my wife, huh? I, we put her in vulnerable situations all the time, but she quickly got back into the camper, and I think setup was dependent upon me at that point. It's nice to feel safe. It's nice to be in a place where it's just, okay, I think we're good now. And to think of God saying, Hey, you're sheep, you have no ability to defend yourselves. And I'm, I'm going to build a pen for you, and I'm going to anoint your eyes with, 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 with ointment, and, and I'm going to protect you. My, my rod and my staff, they're there. It's, it's going to be there. It's going to protect you. I'll lead you to green pastures. I'll take you to the still waters. When you're cast on your back, I'll pick you up. I'll care for you. You, No one will ever take you from my hand. I know my sheep. They know me. They follow me. They won't follow strangers. They will follow me. Just such incredible authority in which God speaks to us, his people. I'll be the door. There's not all these different doors that lead into my sheep. And there is one door and I am the door. And you come through me.
We find it in Scripture and other places. There is one doorway into Noah's Ark. And God shuts that door when everybody's in. There is one doorway that goes into the tabernacle. There is one way in. And here Jesus is saying, I'm that door. I am that door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. That's good news for us this morning, isn't it? That is the gospel. Anybody that comes in through him, they will be saved. And we'll go in and out and find pasture. The thief, verse 10, does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. I've come so that you would have life and that you might have that more abundantly. That idea of abundantly is just waves coming upon you, flooding all over you. A word that's used just to describe just constant waves coming in the ocean or being in a place where the banks are overflowing and it's constant as far as flooding you. Being in a place of him saying, I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. And that's what God's done. He has made it so that we are saved. We who were without hope and without God in the world, who were aliens and who were far away from him. Ephesians 2 tells us in verse 13, But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Jesus Christ. For he himself is our peace. You have been brought near by the blood of Christ. And he's your peace. Um, Incredible passage before us this morning to give us a picture of our Messiah, our Savior. Picture him there. The door calls you. You come in. And you're safe. Love our Savior. We're going to pray and then um, partake in communion this morning. Pastor Bill is going to lead us in communion. And... uh, Um, May this just be a morning full of of worship. Let's pray together. Lord God, we thank you for our time here. And um, If there's any that are here this morning that um, have never entered through that door, have never believed upon you, Christ, may today be the day of salvation for them. I'm so thankful that you say that you're a door. And you're not a mountain that we're supposed to climb. That that you're a door and you're not a marathon that we're supposed to run. you're, You're in a place where whosoever believes in you will not perish but have everlasting life. It's a door that we can walk through. You are a door that we can walk through. For you tell us, Lord, that we will be saved. Whoever comes by you will be saved. And may today be a day in which any who are here that don't yet know you walk through that door. Any that are here that have just been living in sin and have never been chastened. 
May today be the day that they walk through that door. And for us as believers here this morning, may we just rejoice in the fact that as sheep, our good shepherd called us even by name, drew us by the sweetness of his Holy Spirit, brought us into the pen that we might be safe in the arms of our good shepherd. We praise you this morning in Jesus' name. Amen.